0: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to the second episode of Heart Contact. Guys, I am so excited for today's episode. Today we're gonna be talking about the word lovesick. This word is so beautiful and it almost has just so much meat to it, and I can't wait to dive in and really just discover and have some heavenly insight on this word. I am really excited, so let's just dive right in. I'm gonna start with prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for each listener. Lord, I pray that you would just overwhelm each listener with so much joy. Overwhelm them with so much peace that just surpasses understanding. And Lord, would you use me as just a vessel to just really dissect and hear what you have to say about this word, lovesick. Use me today. You have all the glory and all the honor. Okay, guys, let's dive in. Alright guys, let's go into the actual dictionary definition of the word lovesick. So, um, you can google it, you know, look, look at the word lovesick for yourself. Lovesick. Oh my gosh, ew, so sorry, that wasn't me guys. I accidentally pushed the, <laughs> you know how like Siri or whoever that is will like read it to you, I accidentally pushed that. Anyways, lovesick. In love or missing the person one loves so much that one is unable to act normally. Some similar words to the word lovesick is yearning, longing, lovelorn, have no idea what that means. Um, frustrated, uh don't know how to read that word. Love struck. So yeah, I'm gonna read it again so it can really just soak in and resonate with you guys. So it means in love or missing the person one loves so much that one is unable to act normally. Wow. Hey guys, it's scripture time. So I'm going to be reading from Psalm 63 verses 1 through 8 to kind of, you know, set the mood. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation so you guys can either follow along or just simply sit back and listen. So it says, Oh God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more, with cravings in my heart that cannot be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you. My God, I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink and more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. Oh, how I love and praise you, God. Daily, I worship you passionately, and with all my heart, my arms will wave to you like banners of praise. Okay, so obviously all of these verses are beautiful, but the part that stands out the most to me is that last part where it says, my arms will wave to you like banners of praise. This kind of leads me into my first point, which is being lovesick creates action being lovesick creates some sort of action. Like, if you think about every romance movie, like, it kind of has the same storyline. Like, the prince, like, will literally slay a dragon to, like, get to his bride. Like, it creates action. And so, if it's like that with every earthly relationship, like, between man and a woman, like, when a guy's, like, lovesick for a girl, like, he'll pursue her, he'll ask her to be his girlfriend, and then he'll ask her to marry him like there's just steps like you can't just bottle it up like when you're lovesick for someone like that's really probably not even healthy like if you're love, if you're in love with someone and you just hold it all in that's definitely not healthy so love being lovesick creates action so if it's like that with our relationships on earth how much more does God want us to just like, I don't know, wave our arms like banners? You know, that's like an action. So that's why in worship, like, that's why we lift our hands. That's why we dance. That's why we sing. That's why we, you know, play the piano or play the guitar. That's why we do all of these things, is because being lovesick needs like an action. And so I was sitting and I was asking the Holy Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, what are some actions I can do to just express my love sickness for you? And here's like a tiny little list of the things I really felt impressing on my heart. Evangelizing, loving our brothers and sisters. Literally just like evangelizing. That's like an action because it goes from he loves me. Oh, he just loves me. I'm so in love with Jesus. La 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 la. la. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Like you got to share. You got to like tell everyone. So evangelizing and just loving on our brothers and sisters are two of just the main things that the Holy Spirit was pressing on my heart of how to kind of just like create an action for this love sickness that I feel burning in my heart. Okay, so like if you think about a relationship between two people, they aren't just like dating or they aren't just engaged or married. Because of what the other person can do for them. If that is the case. It's probably toxic. But think of just like a really healthy relationship. They aren't just dating each other. Because of what they can get out of the other person. They're literally probably dating. Because they're best friends. And they enjoy enjoy each other's time. So if that's how a healthy. Earthly relationship looks like. How much more. Does the Heavenly Father want that type of relationship with us. And guys I'm guilty of this. Too. But like. A lot of times we can look at Jesus for an open door, or we can just simply look at Jesus to get clarity on a situation. But the Lord is lovesick for us, and he literally just wants us to look at him and have that intimacy with him and linger in his presence and not look at him for an open door, but just look at him to get to know him. Because, guys, it's a romance. Like, he's the bridegroom, and we're the bride. And so I really encourage you, kind of like going back to my last episode, kind of just gazing upon the beauty of the Lord, I really encourage you to just get lovesick. Like, you're not able to act normally without his presence because he's bread. He's the bread. Like, his word is the bread for our day. Like, really just sitting in his presence, not for, oh, what can Jesus do for me? Like, what open door can I, like, walk through? But instead, just really looking at him and just loving on him. And, guys, the craziest part is that Jesus is lovesick for us. He's a jealous God. Isn't that so beautiful? So Deuteronomy 424 says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Guys, Jesus is jealous for us. That is beautiful. And a lot of times, like especially sometimes in the morning, I'll wake up and I'll almost feel like a heaviness, but it almost just feels like a spiritual hunger. And guys, a lot of times, spiritual hunger is God's jealousy. Like, he just wants time with us. If we woke up, honestly, if I woke up and felt really, like, teehee, like, happy, like, yay, this and that. And sometimes I do wake up feeling that way. I'm not saying I don't. I would probably go on with my day, especially, like, how busy I am with classes. I would probably go on with my day and not spend time with Jesus till like, a lot later. But a lot of times, I'll wake up in the morning, and I'll just feel this kind of just, like, hunger and it doesn't feel the best but because i feel that hunger i go and spend time with jesus so spiritual hunger is honestly to me just the jealousy of god wanting my time like and i really just advise you guys like a lot of times especially i'm guilty of this like i will feel that like hunger and i'll feel that void and i'll fill it with like tiktok or like the approval of man But that void and that hunger is truly God's jealousy. Like he truly just wants our time. He wants us to sit and linger in his presence. So y'all, I encourage you the next time you kind of feel that pull, just realize that that's spiritual hunger. That's the Lord yearning for your time, yearning to just speak to you because he knows how many hairs you have on your head. Someone who doesn't like love you or doesn't really care, like a stranger wouldn't know how many or even take the time to know how many hairs you have on your head. But the Lord is so lovesick for us that he almost just like plants that spiritual hunger in our hearts to really just spend time with his in his word because his word is our bread. Like it's so important. So I encourage you guys to really just almost press into that hunger because obviously like if you think about it practically like when you're hungry for lunch that's honestly it's not the best feeling to feel hungry but you're hungering and you're thirsting for something good because you know that like when you eat lunch it'll be good like say you eat a little taco like me from Torchy's tacos like that's good so when you feel that spiritual hunger press into that and try not to fill it with synthetic remedies but instead fill it with what it's actually designed for guys we have a void like we're we're made to fill that void with his holy spirit and i really just can see god just sitting at the right hand of jesus sitting at the right hand of god and being jealous for us being so excited to hear about our day you know So it's just beautiful to think like it's mutual. Like it's not just we're lovesick for him, which we are, but he's lovesick for us too. And that's just beautiful. Guys, the cross is the ultimate act of being lovesick. When we just think about the fact that Jesus died for us when that was literally our death, like that's the ultimate act of being lovesick. He loved us so much that he died for us. Like, that's insane. Like, wow, Jesus just loves you so much. Like, he literally wants your time. He's a jealous God. And going back to just the definition, um, unable to act normally, like, guys, that's the old man. That's literally the old man that part that's not able to act normal, when we're not walking in his presence, when we're not spending that intentional time with him, that unable to act normally is our old man. But when we are resting in his presence and really just thanking him, like, thank you, Jesus, that you loved me first. that cross was the ultimate act of being lovesick. And when you just really rest in his presence, suddenly he'll fill you up and You will be able to love your brothers and sisters. You will be filled with so much joy and peace. And that's the new creation that we have in Christ Jesus. So really just let that soak in and really just realize it's mutual. And honestly, he, his love for us is more than we could even ever love him. Like he's so in love with you and he is just lovesick for your heart. He's lovesick for your time. So really just recognizing that main point that the cross is the ultimate act of being lovesick. Like he set the bar, like he set the tone. So guys, the term Maranatha is the ultimate cry of being lovesick. Come Lord Jesus, come. We are his bride and we're ready and we're excited for him to come again. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. He has come, he will come, and he's coming back again. So I've really been studying just the word Maranatha and how that is parallel with like lovesickness. I've really been studying the second coming and I was watching this documentary with my dad. It's called Before the Wrath. I definitely recommend that you guys watch this documentary but I'm going to kind of give you like the little spark notes of it and it will literally blow your mind. Like Oh, it's crazy. So whenever Jesus was describing something to his disciples, he would use something that they were already familiar with, that they already knew of. And then he would go, this is like the kingdom of heaven. So for his second coming, he uses a Galilean wedding as kind of a parallel. So through this documentary, I really learned about Galilean weddings. And I learned that in a Galilean wedding, which was the biggest event ever, like this was a huge deal. So no wonder Jesus uses this as a parallel for his second coming. So in a Galilean wedding, the bride would drink from the cup and the bridegroom and the bride would get married. And then the bridegroom would go away for a little while to prepare a place in his house for his bride. Guys, that sounds kind of familiar. So he would go away for a little bit to build onto his house and build a room for them to live in and the crazy part is is the bride didn't know when her bridegroom was going to come and get her and the craziest part is that the bridegroom didn't even know himself the only person who knew and had a say of when the bridegroom could go get his bride was the father wow that is crazy because This is the first parallel to the second coming is that the word says none of the angels know when Jesus is coming back. Jesus doesn't even know the time or the day or the hour. We don't know. One day Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God and God is going to look at Jesus and be like, it's time. Go get your bride. And so back to the Galilean wedding, um, he'll just be building onto the house, preparing it for her. Um, He went away to prepare a place, he's just building whatever. Meanwhile, the bride is over here and she's picking out her dress. She's getting the best fabrics. She's putting her dress together and she always has to be ready. Like her makeup always has to be done. Her hair always has to be done because she doesn't know the time when her bridegroom is coming to get her. Therefore, she always has to be purified and she always has to be ready. Like this bride literally sleeps in her wedding dress because she always wants to be ready. this is the second parallel of the second coming in this beautiful picture of a Galilean wedding, is that as the bride, because we're lovesick for our king, we want to be pure. We want to be ready. We want to be just prepared for his second coming. So just being ready and asking the Holy Spirit, which my counselor said it so beautifully, that the Holy Spirit is the best wedding planner. So just asking the Holy Spirit out of love sickness, Lord, purify me, purify me for my King so that when He comes back, I'm pure before Him. Okay, so going back to the Galilean wedding. So the bride always has to be ready. The bridegroom is building onto his house, whatever. Not whatever, it's actually a big deal, oh my goodness. So, then, once the father feels like the house is, like, looking good, um, he'll tell the son at a really random time, and he'll be like, okay, go get your bride. And this, usually, like, in Galilean culture, would happen in the middle of the night. And it's kind of crazy, because the Bible says that he'll come like a thief in the night, so maybe that's a little parallel there. But the bridegroom's dad will be like, okay, it's time, go get your bride. And the bridegroom isn't just like, okay, he is excited. He's like, woohoo, like it's time. And I just, oh, see this beautiful picture. Like if it can be this wedding a Galilean wedding, like imagine how beautiful it's going to be. Jesus is going to be sitting at the right hand of God. And God is going to tell Jesus, okay, go get your bride. And because Jesus is lovesick for us, he's going to be excited. He's going to be like finally we get to be together. So in a Galilean wedding, the bridegroom finally gets permission from his dad to go get his bride. He'll super excitedly go get her and he'll blow like a ram's horn. And the crazy part is, is everyone in the city, they can only come to the wedding if they're ready because it'll happen when they least expect it. it will happen in the middle of the night. So the citizens and the people in the city have to be up and they have to be ready if they want to come join the celebration. But if they're sleeping or if they're not ready, the doors of the Father's house will close and they will celebrate for seven days and the people who aren't ready won't be able to join. And that's like the third or fourth parallel is that we have to be ready, guys. Because when Jesus comes back and the doors close, guys, that's it's a done deal. So just... Oh, guys, I get so excited about this type of stuff, but just that parallel of the Galilean wedding and the second coming is so powerful. And just that main part of wanting to be pure and always being ready for our king because we're lovesick for him. We love him and we want to be pleasing to him. So the documentary, I definitely recommend watching it because I can only explain like a little But the documentary is called Before the Wrath, and it's very powerful. And I definitely recommend going to watch it because they can probably explain it a lot better than I just did. But I definitely recommend going to watch that to really just get a better understanding of just the term Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We're crying out Maranatha because we're excited and we want him to return. We want to be with him in heaven. Okay, so to kind of conclude and wrap everything up... Um, and recap, remember that our God is a jealous God. Deuteronomy four twenty-four for the Lord your God is a consuming fire. He is a jealous God. It's mutual. This lovesickness is mutual. So when you feel that spiritual hunger, when you feel that pull into his presence listen to it and don't try to fill it with synthetic remedies don't try to fill it with things of this world i want to turn really quick to jonah 2 8 where it says those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love that's really powerful when we Pay regard to vain idols, for example, TikTok approval of man, or just anything you can think of that is just a synthetic remedy. We forsake our hope of steadfast love. It says it right here in Jonah two eight, what, which I just read. We forsake our hope in steadfast love. So, guys, I encourage you: just be alert. Don't fill that void with synthetic remedies, but instead. Just look at Jesus and be lovesick for him because he will fill you with so much joy. And he will fill you with so much peace. Every other synthetic remedy, everything in this world becomes like a joke. Like it's actually a joke compared to the presence of Jesus. And then guys, remember that being lovesick involves action. In Psalms 63, I think it's verse 8. It says, my arms will wave to you like banners of praise. Guys, when you're at like some worship night or if you're in church, like just don't let fear of man creep in. Praise him. You've got to praise him. Like this sickness needs an action. So don't let fear of man creep in. Literally praise him fervently. Go evangelize. Let this love sickness have an action because, guys, it's not good to bottle it up. Don't bottle up this lovesickness. Instead, just direct it into evangelism. Direct it into loving your brother. Because it goes from he loves me, he loves me, to he loves you, he loves you. And lastly, to conclude, guys, just really meditate on that term of Maranatha. And then just that whole concept of the second coming in a Galilean wedding. Like, we are lovesick for our king. We're excited for him to come back. And because we're lovesick, we want to present our very best. We want to be purified vessels before him. And so I just want to remind you guys, he's coming back. Like, he is coming back. It's not just maybe, like, something that some people believe. Like, it's a fact. Like, he is coming back again. Like, one day, the eastern sky is going to pop open, and he's going to come down on a white cloud, and he's going to come for his bride. And so we have to be ready. So let that just love sickness say, Holy Spirit, purify me. I want to present my best to my bridegroom because I love him. And I definitely recommend going to watch that documentary because it is a beautiful picture of the second coming. And it gave me so much clarity. And one part I forgot to add which is literally just a fun little fact and it will blow your mind and I feel like it's a a little thing to end on but whenever the bridegroom like in the documentary whenever the bridegroom actually went back to get his bride he would like she would sit on like almost this like plank of wood at least that's what it looked like and then one guy would be in the front and one guy would be in the back and they would lift her up and it the term was flying her to the house like that's what they would call it. And so, guys, it's it's just so real. Like, he's coming back again, and we're going to ascend into the air with him, and we're going to be with him for eternity. So, guys, I, I just want to encourage you, don't bottle up this lovesickness. So like, literally express it. Praise him. Get to know him. Prioritize your time with him. Just remember that his word is bread. But, yeah, this is just a beautiful revelation that the Lord has been speaking to me about the term lovesick and i'm gonna continue to ask the holy spirit what he wants to teach me about this beautiful word but i'm so glad i got to share just a little a little insight on this word that the holy spirit's been really putting on my heart but i'm gonna pray us out and then um yeah So Holy Spirit, I thank you for each listener. I thank you for this term, lovesick. I thank you, Jesus, that you gave us a better understanding of it. And I hope that we can take this understanding and just pour into the lives of others. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just truly show us and continue to reveal to us what it looks like to be lovesick for you, because you are our King and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, I have an Instagram for this podcast, just to keep everyone updated on when I'm posting it is heart contact so h-e-a-r period t and then contact so go follow um our instagram or my instagram is there and it will just help you stay up to date on everything but yeah I hope you guys have a great day or night wherever you're at and you are so loved and you're so appreciated go be lovesick for our king. bye